0: When we think about fitness, we generally think about training. We think about working out and how that will help meet our fitness goals. As we progress, we also start to think about nutrition and how that too may aid to meet your fitness goal. However, what generally gets missed is one of the other key factors that influences fitness and overall health, and that is sleep. This short recording today is inspired from one of my earlier conversations in episode number 14 with Dr. Amy Bender, where we talked comprehensively about various aspects of sleep. And today, we are going to talk about a concise version of all about sleep. So let us start. We will first start by understanding the key functions of sleep. There are a number of functions that take place during the sleep you must have heard of a proverb, sleep over it. It actually also means that itself. When you sleep over an issue, the body has this amazing way of consolidating, resetting and rationalizing and that helps you retain what is right the next step on waking up. I want to highlight three key functions of sleep. Number one, sleep clears toxins out of the brain. When we sleep, Our brain and neurons shrink to clear out toxins that have been accumulated during the day. It works more like your laundry machine, where the stains and dirt are cleansed through the process. Number two, physiological impact and very important in context of today's conversation. The body repairs itself during various stages of sleep. And more about stages will be discussed a little later in the conversation. During sleep, there are a number of activities that are going on. And from a physiological point of view, you'll see that restoration of energy resources, repairing of cell tissue, thermoregulation, metabolic regulation, and adaptive immune functions are taking place. And all of these are extremely important. Number three, learning and memory. During this function, you will figure out that the memory goes through its consolidation phase and prioritization phase. There is a pruning memory that is also taking as well. Learning and retention is happening during this place, and we will talk a little more during the later part of this conversation when we talk about various stages. In case of endurance runners or anyone who is involved in an intense regular physical activity requires longer period of sleep for optimum recovery. Let us further understand different stages of sleep and when we sleep, what happens in different stages. While the science is still building consensus about what exactly happens in all of those stages, but we definitely know some of those things very clearly for sure. Let us further understand different stages of sleep. When we sleep, it generally takes place in stages. There are REM and non-REM sleep stages. REM is nothing but REM, that is rapid eye movement, and REM is a lighter stage, just for your information. Non-REM has three stages of sleep, and then stage four is known as REM sleep. Let's start by stage one. Stage one to three will be non-REM. Stage one is where your sleep happens for about 5% of the time. This is the stage where the changeover happens from you being awake to falling asleep. During this short period, your heartbeat, breathing, and eye movement slow, and your muscular reflexes, your muscles relax, and you may find occasional twitches. Stage 2 is possibly a period which is consisting of about 50% of the entire period of your sleep. Stage 2 period is a period of light sleep when you enter the deeper stage of sleep. And like I said earlier, you spend almost half of your time in a repeated sleep cycle during this stage. Stage 3, that's the deeper sleep stage where you spend 20% of time in sleep. This is a stage where growth hormones, tissue repair, and other related key functions take place. And this is also the stage which is known as a deep sleep stage, basis which you feel refreshed in the morning next day when you wake up. This occurs in longer periods during the first half of the night. Now from there, let's go to stage four. Stage four is the REM stage. REM stage is something that occurs after about... 90 to 100 minutes of falling asleep. Most of your dreaming occurs during this REM sleep, although some can also occur during non REM sleep. There's also the stage when your arm and leg muscles become temporarily paralyzed, and that is why you'd have seen you cannot act on your dreams. When you hear of something happening and you need to respond, but you can't, it is primarily because of that. During a whole night of sleep, you may take about four to six cycles. Of rem and non-REM stages 1 to 4 that I talked about. And so, what are some of the guidelines basis this that you can figure for your sleep duration? For an adult up to the age of 65 years, it is considered that a duration of about 7 to 9 hours a day of sound good quality sleep is sufficient. There are genetic makeups, etc. that work as a variable and people say that they do not need as much of sleep. But that population is, trust me, less than 1%. That requires less than six hours of sleep and still be okay. But I would want you to consider that we are not part of that 1%. If you're getting a decent amount of sleep and get one day of a deficit, then it is fine. However, chronic sleep restriction is what will limit its ability to perform the key functions we talked about earlier in this conversation. Moving from duration, let's talk about time of sleep and accumulating sleep. If you have a very high mismatch between the sleep time and wake time of weekdays and weekends, you will have an impact on your metabolism, mood impairment, insomnia, etc. So what you need to do? You need to try to keep your sleep schedule through the week, that is from Monday to Sunday, as consistent as possible. The researchers say that a variation of more than 90 minutes is not right on any of the days. So what does that mean is if you generally go to sleep at 9 p.m., which is fairly early, and if you're extending that by more than 90 minutes, that is say beyond 10:30, that may not be the right thing. Because This is going to cause a disruption in your whole sleep pattern. Your brain and body needs to know in advance because they anticipate when to sleep and when to wake up every night and the next morning. Next point in terms of the guidelines of sleep will be consistent bedtime and you will prioritize consistent bedtime versus consistent wake time. Generally, it is good to sleep and wake up at the same time without an alarm clock. But if you were to prioritize out of the two, you should look at prioritizing going to bed at almost the same time every day, including the weekends. Fourth one, there are a lot of people who talk about early to bed, early to rise is a great thing. And that may just be a great thing for certain people. But what I would suggest basis, what I have read and studied and spoken with the researchers that you should look to sleep more in line with your circadian rhythm or chronotype. What does that mean? It means that if you are an early bird, then please sleep early. And if you sleep late, then sleep late and wake up late. But what you should try to do is find your chronotype, which way do you like to sleep better and which way your body adapts better, and try to stick to it. And then basis that you can look to work on other variables, whether It is the social obligation, family or work obligation, how you can meet those. Now that we talked about guidelines for sleep, let's talk about the role of nap and how that can be incorporated in your sleep pattern as well. And after that, we will talk about how to fall asleep in a right way. The research shows that naps boost mood, alertness, and help with improving performance. It takes up to 30 minutes to get into deeper stages of sleep as we talked about in different stages earlier and so if you sleep for about that duration you will wake up being groggy that means if you are sleeping for about 30 minutes or so during a daytime you will end up being groggy and so you should think of getting a nap duration of which is about 20 minutes or less when your body is in light stages of sleep And that way, when you wake up, you are going to wake up fresh and get a boost of energy. However, you should not nap too close to the bedtime. I have seen generally the sleep nap time between 12 and 4 p.m. is quite a good idea. From here, let's now talk about how to progress to the point of falling asleep quick. You should start by preparing well in advance. And this window could start by about 60 minutes before you're going to sleep. You can start winding down about then. You can take a hot shower an hour before sleep. Hot bath before bedtime helps you fall asleep. While it might sound counterintuitive, it temporarily increases your body temperature, but then it plummets, allowing you to sleep quicker. You should then also look to improve your environment of sleeping. Your room should be cool dark and quiet. You could look at getting an eye mask, get an earplug, think of some investing in a blackout curtain depending on what works for you. Think of getting your room as away and free from noise as much possible. The room temperature should be ideally between 15 to 19 degrees Celsius or below 68 degree Fahrenheit. You could also look at investing in a good pair of bed sheet that allows you to sleep well. And as you go to sleep, if you are finding difficulty in falling asleep, you can look at actually going through this small exercise, which is very, very popular called 478 exercise. This basically activates your parasynthetic nervous system and allows you to relax. That is done by you breathe in for four seconds hold it for seven seconds, and breathe out or exhale for eight seconds. And you can look to repeat this over a period of time, possibly a few times, and you will start to figure out what works well for you. So in terms of falling asleep, we discussed about improving your environment, and we talked about an exercise that you can follow through. Last but not the least, I want to talk about banking sleep. This is important specifically leading up to a race performance say you are going to do your first marathon or the nth marathon doesn't matter and if you are able to bank sleep in the previous two weeks you are going to be doing a lot better and feeling a lot better as well so how do you start about two weeks in advance of an event you can start going to bed about an hour early and try to get that sleep for the next two weeks. If you start to go to bed about an hour early, about two weeks in advance, maybe in the next couple of days, you will be able to get used to it and start going to sleep that early and then fall asleep that early as well. And as you get closer to the event date, you will see in the last two days specifically, it may not be as easy to fall asleep. And so if you have banked your sleep in the last two weeks, the deficit will not be as much, even if the quality of sleep is not really, really good. I hope a lot of these points were very helpful to you. And I hope some of this will be applicable as you go along in your training journey. Good luck. And I look forward to speaking to you next week again.